Hey everybody, welcome back to another Lukut Ranch here. It's a little bit of housekeeping before we start as always. If you're interested in more classes, this class is gonna be posted on the Breslov Research Institute website uh, or their YouTube channel, you could check it out there. Or uh, you could check out my SoundCloud, which is Nach Daily or Shia Sussman on SoundCloud. You can find many previous shurim there. I believe this is our 25th shir. So tonight we're going to be learning lesson 155, lesson Kuf Nun Hey in Lakut Maran. Uh, I just want to give a little introduction to this piece, and then we'll jump right in. It's not such a long piece. Uh, we'll either, I think we'll give two shir a minute. We'll give this week, and we'll do next week in this piece. And uh, basically, it's on the theme of Eretz Yisrael. Uh, in the last few weeks, we've been learning about Eretz Yisrael and different selections in Lukut Maran having to do with Eretz Yisrael. And uh, it's something, uh, a topic that's close to my heart, and it's close to all our hearts. And I also feel that it's the three weeks now. And during the, th I mean, it's not the three weeks now, but it's coming up. Uh, give ourselves a little bit of leeway over here. And for some reason, always in the summer, partly because of the three weeks and the nine days, uh, Eretz Yisrael is a topic that we all learn about, we all connect with. And being that uh, a few weeks ago already, we finished a piece talking about the path to Eretz Yisrael that Rabbi Nachman says the entire world sustains itself through the Derech Eretz Yisrael, the path to Eretz Yisrael. And last week, we learned about how a person becomes absorbed into the land of Eretz Yisrael. It's an Eretz Ocheles Yoshvea, that a person's able to be consumed by the land in a positive way a, uh, and become absorbed and one with the land. So tonight, I wanted to continue learning about Eretz Yisrael. And there's basically three themes, three or four themes that this short little piece talks about. Uh, it talks about depression and happiness. It talks about Amuna. It talks about Erech and patience. And last but not least, we'll wrap it up with Eretz Yisrael. And uh, all these three topics of happiness, Amuna, and Eretz Yisrael, and Tefillah, prayer, they all go together. And in the classic Rebbe Nachman way, he provides us with encouragement, insight, chizuk, and all that, all that fun stuff. So I guess we'll just jump right in. I'm going to pull it up on the screen share over here, and then we'll, we'll start. So let me find screen share. Here we go. Which one is this? This is piece Kuf Nun Hei, in the, which is 155 in the first Chelek of Lukut Maran. In the first Chelek. Is the screen share clear? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read right off the screen. I highlighted the parts where I'm going to read until and where I want to stop at also. Uh, and of course, Samir Tashem will have the Parsha connection. We'll have the Parsha connection at the end. Okay. Sadness, depression is a very, very bad trait. And the reason why people don't go to tzaddiks, they don't travel to the tzaddik, is because of sadness and weightiness. And additionally, the reason why a person doesn't daven properly it's because of depression and a heaviness, a laziness. Because they have a lack of faith. 
Because of course, if a person had perfect emuna, that they believed that Hashem was standing over them, and listens to every word that a person speaks out of their mouth, and listens to the voice of their prayer. Of course, a person wouldn't feel depressed and lackadaisical during their davening. Right? And of course, they would daven in the way that they're fitting to. But the main reason why a person, a person doesn't daven properly is because of their chisaron, uh, because of their lack of amuna. So I want to break this open. Let's just do a quick recap. So Rabbi Nachman starts off saying, depression, we got to run away from depression. We don't want to be sad. It's a horrible thing to be sad that when a person said they run, they don't feel like serving Hashem, a person doesn't feel happy, they feel the kenish, they feel I can't serve God. It's too difficult. It's too daunting. And what can I do anyway? So a person starts looking at their life in a feudalistic type of way and they wind up not accomplishing. They wind up not they wind up not serving Hashem. So Rabbi Nachman explains that because a person is, feels down and they feel weighty so that, I'm just fixing something, my fan over here. Okay. There we go, that slowed it down. All right. So Rabbi Nachman's explaining that a person, a, uh, a person, the reason why they don't daven properly is because they feel down, they feel depressed, they feel, in other words, a lack of faith. They feel a lack of amuna. And what that does is, is that causes a person, they don't really believe that Hashem is listening to their tefillahs. So what this means is, is something that we all feel. It's a, we all believe in Hashem, but do we really believe Hashem will change the world for us? <laughs> right? We all believe in God. Ask any person, do you believe in God? Even, even non-Jews believe in God. You don't have to be Jewish to believe in Hashem, right? But do we really believe that Hashem listens to our tefillahs? Do we really believe Hashem is, as Rabbi Nachman says, Shomea kol tefillaso, that Hashem is listening to every single word and actually cares about what we have to say? We actually saw this in Lesson 7 when we were learning Lukud Mara Lesson 7, that Rabbi Nachman said that uh, we have to believe in something called the koach the force of rejuvenation, that we don't really believe, we believe in God we don't really believe that Hashem is going to change the world for us. We don't really believe that my tefillah, me, Shia Sussman, me, whoever I am in the world, God is really going to listen and pay attention to my tefillah, right? So because a person has this lack of amuna, that Hashem will actually change the world just through their power of tefillah for them. So if a person has a lack of amuna, they wind up falling to depression. We wind up saying, well, how many times did I dive in? How many times... Did I try? How many times did I do everything? So there's really, really no point. We start to feel that. Ultimately, there's no point in davening because we wind up thinking, well, you know, I'm depressed, I'm sad, so what can I do? And obviously, when a person's feeling depressed and sad, it becomes so hard. It becomes so hard to motivate yourself. It becomes so hard to kind of get above the grind. But Baruch Hashem, we have Rabbi Nachman who right away opens up and tells us, it's so horrible to be sad because when a person's sad, they wind up not serving Hashem in the way that they're able to serve Hashem. Now we're going to go back to the screen share. Okay, the Alkane, 
back to that, this highlighted area. So therefore, like we're saying, a person thinks Hashem's not going, a person has a lack of amuna, and we feel down. We think that, what is my tefillah going to accomplish? What am I really going to daven? Does Hashem really listen to me? Does Hashem really care about what I say? And this thing, really, it really, uh, it winds up infecting our tefillahs like a virus, right? This, this feeling of what's the point of davening? Hashem doesn't really care about what I say. It's directly connects to our tefillah, this lack of a moon, because it infects our tefillah like a virus, and we don't want to daven. Again, we feel like there's no point. So in this highlighted area here. Right? The main uh, sadness and weightiness and discouragement that a person feels is because we don't have a muna. Now he's going to give an amazing mashal over here. When a person puts a chita, uh, wheat, in good soil, there he grows, the plant grows very well. It's like I, I planted a garden, you know, miracle grow. The eno mazik lo shum ruach lo zikim ura aimen, right? And when you plant it in good topsoil, so nothing, the, the, it doesn't get infected. It grows very nice. It has strong roots. There's something called the koach uh, the ability to sprout, the koach hagodel, and the ability to uh, grow. The alkane ain mazik lo shum davar. So when something's planted in good soil, it really grows and it really sprouts to be a nice cucumber. <laughs> but when you plant in soil uh, that is not good for planting, therefore it rots in the ground. Because it doesn't have this ability to grow and sprout. And faith, emuna, belief in God, is synonymous, has this ability for growing and sprouting. Like it says by, by Esther, it says, Mordechai raised Hadassah. Lashon Gidol means, this Koach means he brought her up. Right? And that's the root of the word emuna, comes from the word umein, means to grow. To sprout. Like Chazal say in the Gorn Shabbos. What's Amuna? Amuna is the t- section in the Mishnayis and in the Gemara that deal with planting. The Al Therefore, when you have Amuna, and that has the ability to sprout and grow, nothing harms you. And you become, don't, you become not scared of anything. And a person davens with strength and energy and life force. And you travel to the tzaddik. You become not scared of anything at all. But when we have a lacking in our muna, the we don't have that power of growing and that power of sprouting. Therefore, we wind up rotting completely, like the piece of wheat that you planted in the ground. Therefore, 
Therefore, it falls upon a person, sadness, depression, and weightiness, and the person begins to rot. This is an amazing, this is an amazing thing. So Rabbi Nachman is saying this, that, again, just to recap, that, uh, that emuna is the, a protective force that a person has that allows them to grow, that allows them to move forward in life, that allows them not to be harmed by the surrounding events that happen in their life, and additionally allows them to pray and to daven and to put your energy in tefillah. Like we just said, that a person, we don't have a muna that Hashem really listens to our tefillah, and therefore a certain weightiness, a certain depression, a certain, what does Hashem care? What do I need to do things for? And we feel lack of motivation and lack of ability to accomplish. But Rabbi Nachman is giving this mushal over here, saying that what is a muna like? It's like a plant, right? It's like a plant that when a person plants in good soil, right, their, their uh, cucumbers, and everything, it, it, it's, it's rich. It becomes to grow, and it grows nice and strong, and it doesn't harm the plant. It doesn't harm the roots or anything like that. So when we have amuna, uh, and, and the inverse is true, or if you plant in bad topsoil, so you wind up uh, not growing things properly, right? If you don't have amuna, it, it weakens uh, our foundation, and we don't wind up serving Hashem in the way that we would like to and the way that we could. So... A, uh, but when you have Amuna, Amuna is really like good fertilizer, right? It's like good topsoil. Share a story over here that uh, during Corona, uh, as it's, we're in between, we're at this time where it's winding down for now, at least. So one of the things that many people have done, myself included, is plant a garden. Agina. And I've never planted a garden before. And I have no clue. I'm still learning on the job. I was actually going to take pictures and pull it up for a screen share, but I didn't get around to doing it. <laughs> a, uh, and what happened was is I went to the store with my kids and I, don't, I literally didn't do any research or anything at all. And we went to the store and we're like, oh, look at that. Let's get tomatoes. And we got a whole bunch of tomatoes. We're like, oh, let's get cucumbers. We're like eggplants. I love eggplants. Let's get eggplants. You know, we just bought eggplants. And then we're like, oh, let's get, I'm like, I saw mint leaves. I'm like, oh, let's get mint leaves. I Nana. You know, who doesn't like Nana? You know, we went, we bought all these things. I took a little slot in my backyard and we just, we took a seed, we got pumpkin patch seeds. We had all sorts of good stuff. And what happened was is, is that we just, we were like, all right, let's bury it. So I took my kids, we took all the plants and all our seeds. We basically just dug a bunch of holes. We threw the seeds in, put the plants in and we're like, all right, we're done. You know, I had like one little spatula type of thing to make, make the a, uh, soil good. And we're like, we're watering it. We're doing everything. We're like, yeah, my kids are coming out every day. My kid, Nachi, at first thing, he wakes up in the morning. He's like, Abba, I'm going to go check on the plants, right? And, and we're going there. And then what happens is Shavuos comes along, okay? So Shavuos comes along, and a friend of mine, he happened to mosey into my backyard. And I'm like, uh, I'm like oh, you got to see my garden. <laughs> so he looks at the garden, and he's like, you're doing everything wrong, Shai. I'm like, what'd you do? I'm like, what do you mean? We're growing cucumbers, tomatoes, everything. This is great. He's like, I grew up in Eretz I know how to farm. You have to come over to my house. In my backyard, I have roosters and hens and all sorts of things growing in his yard. You know, he's like, you're doing it wrong. You need to lay a base down, a barrier, and you need to till the soil and you need to get topsoil, get a few things of topsoil, right? So this way it has good fertilizer. It grows really, really well. And on top of that, you need to space out. You can't plant all the tomato bushes and you don't have any rails for them that they should grow upwards. They're going to get all over the place. It's going to overtake everything. Nothing has room to grow. 
it's just going to be a disaster. You got to uproot everything. You got to plant it. You got to spread them out. You got to give them space. And you have to have good soil. Having good soil is key over here. So basically, we, a, uh, we uprooted everything. We created this whole thing. And we got good soil. And Rabbi Nachman is saying over here, now we've been learning about miracle grow. You put miracle grow, it grows even better, right? And what Rabbi Nachman is saying is that Amuna is like miracle grow. That a person has Amuna in Hashem, so they're able to grow way beyond what they'd be able to grow on their own. And when a person has good fertilizer, Amuna is our fertilizer that allows us to spiritually grow, to get over depression, and move on in life. That when we have good topsoil, uh, it allows us to grow strong roots. It allows us to grow good tomatoes and cucumbers. It allows us to grow eggplants and good alenana, nana leaves for tea. And everything just grows much better. But if you don't have amuna, your plants never grow. If you don't have good fertilizer, right, everything just dies. So when we really grab hold of amuna and, and that Hashem, and more specifically, twofold, that Hashem listens to our tefillahs, that Hashem will actually change the world for us, for little old me, little old you, little old whoever it is that's davening, even if you're just mumbling words of tefillah, that Hashem listens to the sound of every tefillah. I once heard a diak over there, we say, right? Hashem listens to the voice of every mouth. It should say, Hashem listens to the words of every mouth. Hashem listens to the speech of every mouth. But I once, I don't remember where I heard this, but I once heard that it means kolpeh. Hashem listens, no, even just to your voice intonations, even if you can't pronounce the words, even if your tefillahs seem to be half-baked. Hashem listens to the tefillahs kolpeh. He listens to your intonations. He listens to your kvechsing. He listens to the sound of your heart when you daven. And we don't really believe that Hashem is listening to us. As Rabbi Nachman said, we have Risaron and Amuna. We don't really believe in ourselves that our tefillah has the ability to penetrate and then Hashem actually listens to us. But when we have an Amuna, that is, Rabbi Nachman is saying, that is the, that is the Koach HaGodel. Go back to, the, back to the share screen. Okay. Share screen. Vizet, now he's going to tie this in with patience. And then he's, uh, he's going to come around to tie this in with Eretz Yisrael. Vizet, Bechinas, Erech This is patience, elongated breath. Erech is a long breath, means patience. Hainu, Ma she'enu yiret mishum davar ve'enu mashkiach al shum That a person has this patience, that they don't fear from anything at all, and they're not, they don't get bothered or stared by anything that comes to distract them, any obstacle, right? That could be mental, it could be emotional, it could be physical. A person does what he needs to do. This is what it means to have patience, long breath. So nothing could confuse you. You don't care about anything. Rather, a person does what they want in their service of God. What, I'm going to interject here for a second. Uh, 
this reminds me, parenthetically, in one of the Sipuri Maisis of Rabbi Nachman, in the, uh, the uh, story of the Chacham and the Tam, the sophisticated and the simpleton, it's worth it to read it uh, for anyone who never read it before. But there's one point in the story where uh, their simpleton is a shoemaker. And he's sus v'sameach. He's totally happy with everything that he has, even though he's dirt poor. And, and, a, uh, and he doesn't make a lot of money for making shoes. And he doesn't have time to eat properly. He eats at his desk at work because he's so busy. And at one point, people uh, come over. His wife says to him, you know, uh, you know, Tom. His name wasn't Thomas. But, you know, simpleton, Tom. A, uh, you know, why do you, you know, you don't make so much money for your shoes. You know, why don't you charge more or why don't you make better shoe or why don't you do this? And why didn't you do that? You know, his wife's haggling him about his Parnassa. And uh, what happens was he says a famous line. He says, this is my shoe. This is Yenim's shoe. Why do we have to look at other people's shoes? He says, this is my shoe and that's someone else's shoe. Why do we have to talk about other people? Which means the Tom, this simplicity, he was, it, 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 it took a lot of wisdom. You know, he was focused on his avoda to not compare himself to other people, to not to look out inside himself. And he would hold up his shoe. It says it was a three-pointed shoe, almost like Amintashin. And he says he'd hold up his shoe and he'd look at it and he'd say, isn't this an amazing shoe? Look at my shoe. It's such a beautiful shoe. What shoe is more precious and valuable than the one that I had? And this is an example of Erech of patience. That Rabbi Nachman is saying that the way you get elongated breath, the way you get patience, patience means to... Stay focused on your course and not to get derailed by all these other things, not to look at other people's shoes, the metaphoric, their metaphoric shoes. Back to the screen share. Ki erech apayim, this highlight over here. Ki erech apayim hu Because erech apayim, patience, is dependent on faith. Ki kol zman sheyesh avodazar ba'olam. Because when a person, charon af ba'olam, because... All time that there is idol worship in the world, Hashem's anger is in the world. Now, this is a little bit of a play on words over here because Erech means elongated breath. But Charon Af, Af means a nose, right? Charon Af means like the flaring of the nostrils. Uh, so when a person, when a person doesn't have Erech HaPayim, he's saying that Amuna is the remedy because if, a vo- if you have, if you believe in another power other than God, right? So then you're, then there's charon af is in the world. It means Hashem's uh, other type of breath. It's like a short breath. It's like a quick, it's like a quick nostril breath. It's actually something that, uh, it's, it happens to be very interesting, this whole thing that they talk about breathing because nowadays mindfulness is a very big thing. And we see that a person could uh, in many ways bring themselves to a, uh, a calming state when they do Erech when they do deep breathing, right? And this is what it says. I saw this once from Avram Greenbaum that he writes in one of his books that he says that uh, this is what it says by Moshe Rabbeinu, that they didn't listen to Moshe because they were Kotzeruach. They were short breath, which means they didn't have this Erech this elongated breath of mindfulness, this elongated breath of quietness in order to. They were Kotzeruach. They were short breath. And this is the they, they had a lack of amuna that Hashem would actually help them. That led them to be very, very frenetic in that sense. Uh, but Rabbi Nachman is explaining over here that when a person doesn't have amuna, so they get short breath, you get, you get very, you get very stared by things. So there's, that's the word charon af, that it's like 
Hashem's nostril breath, which is considered a shorter type of breath. Okay, back inside. Aval, al yedei but through emuna, which is the opposite of avodazara, nispata hacharon af dezochen la that through faith, a person's able to a, uh, nullify the short breath, the charanaf, Hashem's anger, the zochim la'richas apayim, and they're able to come to patience, uh, elongated breaths. Shehu hefech charanaf, which is the opposite of Hashem's anger. Hainu shezoche al yidei emuna la'richas apayim, that you merit through emuna to have patience. That a person is able to be patient. And again, this long type of breath, this meditative type of breath, this patience, mindfulness type of breath, right? That a person is able to be patient and not be bothered by anything that comes to him, any distraction or anything at all that takes him away from serving God. That a person should with patience, a person can tolerate anything. And you won't become lazy or saddened by this. You will, you'll be able to store up your breath and you won't care at all. And you'll do your thing like the Tom. This is my shoe, that's Yedem shoe. You're able to traverse everything. And all the distractions and the disturbing emotions that are coming to you, you'll become less bothered by them. And all this comes from patience, the long breath. That a person comes to through Amuna. Which this Amuna, again, this Arichas Apayim, is the Koach HaGodel, has this sprouting ability. That through this elongated breath, through this patience, through this deep amuna, which leads to this patience, uh, a person then be, starts to be successful. Because nothing comes to distract you and bring you to depression, and prevent you from it. Rather, you do what you're, you do your part with, with uh, motivation and happiness. And you don't begin to look at all the things confusing you. That all this is come, comes from patience. Which is the ability of sprouting and which is the ability uh, to grow. So through having a Muna, Rabbi Nachman is equating a, first of all, this is incredible. We didn't even get to Eretz Yisrael yet. We didn't get to Eretz Yisrael yet, but so far this is amazing. That when a person has a Muna, they get this long breath. They get this, sometimes they do that with clients. I'm like, just take a deep breath. Like, they get a sigh of relief. They get a sigh of relief, right? And a person gets this patience, this Muna, that things when, when a person has true amuna and they understand that Hashem is listening to them, they wind up, Rabbi Nachman is calling this uh, aricha sapaimus, patience. They wind up getting a deep-seated patience. And this patience is what allows us to traverse all the difficult obstacles in our lives, all the difficult emotional barriers. That's so much we want everything to be solved now. We want it to work up now, right? 
I want it right now. I want it to work out. It's not good right now. It means it's not going to be good ever, right? Uh, or I, this week, this month, this year, this two years, this, it has to be. So we don't have proper amuna that Hashem is guiding the world and Hashem is listening to our tefillahs and Hashem knows what's best for us. And therefore, we wind up getting knocked down when all the mishaps and emotional barriers and physical barriers come our way because we don't have arichas apayim. It gives forth to not having patience. But when a person has amuna, they're able to have a long-term vision of themselves, right? That doesn't allow you to get swayed by bad soil. It doesn't allow you to rot away in bad fertilizer. So when a person has a Muna, it winds up giving a person this long-term patience that, okay, things didn't work out. Now there's another obstacle. I need to refocus my attention. There's another difficult circumstance in life I'm dealing with. Okay. Another strong feeling. It's not going to be there forever. No feeling lasts forever, right? That a person has a deep Muna, which gives forth patience. That a person has patience that a person knows that life goes and there's a certain pro- natural process to life, just like something growing. And then when a person has this deep-seated patience and they're able to be patient, even when things in life are not working out for them, even if they're not in the emotional state that they want to achieve and they want to be them, this deep-seated amuna in Hashem, it's funny that I'm thinking as I'm saying, like we say this deep-seated amuna, right? This deep-seated, it's planting. Right. We even, we even say those words in English and that just came to me, you know, like a person has this deep planted emuna and it gives forth to beautiful sproutlings. It gives forth to a person to be able to accomplish and focus in life, their goals and their, their avodas Hashem and what they want to. And it could be very, very long term. Right. It doesn't mean a day. It doesn't mean a week. It doesn't necessarily mean a year. It doesn't mean two years. It could be 10 years. It could be 20 years. It could be 30 years. But there's a giant aricha sapayim. There's a giant patience that comes and that little by little, a person begins to sprout. Little by little, a person begins to grow. Little by little, a person starts to see Hashem doesn't listen. Uh, they start not to give up on their tefillahs. But when a person doesn't have that, we wind up feeling knocked down by life's obstacles. We wind up thinking the things that happen to us outside, the things that happen to us outside of us are not from Hashem. They're cut off from Hashem. And that's what Rabbi Nachman is saying is it's, it's, the, it's in a certain way, it's a Vodazara, right? It's saying, well, this circumstance and this thing is separate from me, right? It's separate from my, it, it's, it's happening not from Hashem, right? And when we connect everything to its root, right? Again, another planting term. When we connect everything to its root, then a person begins to grow. Then a person begins to uh, see patience see things flourish, see things work out in their lives. This is incredible so far. Now, now if this wasn't enough, Rabbi Nachman's going to take it to the next level. This is great. He's going to connect it to Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Uh, where, okay. Vida. Vida, you should know. He was Ukrainian, so he said, da, no. Just joking. Uh, when he says the word da, the tradition is, is that it comes from a very high place from beyond the world of Atsilas, which is the highest world from the word Eitzel, because it's next to Hashem, or where Hashem's refracted light starts from. So Vida, you should know, that true patience is dependent on the land of Israel. Because that's where a person can attain true patience. 
Because Eretz Yisrael is Bechinas Emuna, is Emuna, faith. Live in the land and cultivate faith. So you see Eretz Yisrael and Emuna go hand in hand. Whoever lives in the Holy Land, it's as if they have a God. And we know the converse. Nibsa. Eretz Yisrael hu bechinas Emuna. And it comes out that Eretz Yisrael is synonymous with Emuna. And through faith, a person comes to true patience, true meditative breaths uh, to not detract them from life. That a person doesn't get detracted uh, from all the thoughts and the impeding negative forces and emotional confusions that they go through that takes them away from serving God. Nimsa. So it comes out the main avoda that a Jew has is in the Holy Land. Shehu bechinas emuna, which is faith. Bechinas arichas apayim, which is patience. See, it's like a puzzle. He's putting together the rubric, and as he's talking around in circles and circles, again, classic Lukadimaran style, it becomes clearer and deeper. That Amuna is uh, this Koach Hagodel, this ability to sprout and grow. Then a person becomes strong and they can strengthen themselves in serving God. Without looking at anything taking them away. Because it's impossible to really merit to serving God without this uh, understanding. Right? And the main, uh, the main uh, uh, longing and desire of Moshe was, there was so much burning for Eretz was for this uh, idea of patience. Because he saw that in Eretz patience. That Moshe quickened and he was able to, I think from above, uh, he was able to see the land of Israel. Mara, what did he see from the sky when he was looking down on Eretz Yisrael? Erech the Gemara says he saw patience, elongated, a deep sense of satisfaction of coming into your own skin. Because he saw patience, which is dependent on Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, in order... Uh, he wanted and burned to come to Israel to be zochet to Erech HaPayim. And this is what the Gemara says. One person said that, it, one Mandamar says he saw truth. One, one said that he saw truth, and the other said that he saw Erech HaPayim. And it's not an argument. Because Erech HaPayim is truth, right? Like we explained in another place. Right? He's saying that Moshe, without getting too bogged down in the drush over here, but Mo, that MS and Arichas Apayim go hand in hand. Like we explained in other place, that you have to have faith predicated on truth. So therefore, when he saw 
uh, MS, he really saw Emuna because you can't have MS and Emuna, they go hand in hand. And every person needs to daven uh, to have longings to be in Erechisrael. Sorry. And to have Gagum uh, for all the tzaddikim in Eretz and this is a living in Eretz is a school for kas. Because whoever gets angry, it's like they serve the zara. But is which is patience, the elongated breath to calm down, which is the opposite of anger. And this is why in Kriya Shema, prior to saying the Yichud of Hashem, we say Hashem should bring us with dignity to Eretz Yisrael. We, that, that, uh, that we uh, ask to come to Eretz Yisrael, which is Kriya Shema, Shehu Amunah. Hey, let's just, let's just recap a little bit over here. So, again, Rabbi Nachman is saying that Eretz Yisrael is fertilizer for the Jewish nation. It's fertilizer for the Jewish soul. That just like Emuna is a fertilizer, it's miracle grow for our, for our Avodah Hashem, for our Neshama, the land of Eretz Yisrael, which is synonymous with Emuna, is a true place for a Jew. It has this kol hagodel, the kol hatzameach, where the nation of the Jewish people are able to rebuild themselves. As it says, kimetzion Torah, right? From Zion, the, the, uh, the Torah will go forth. And this is something, Tani, I learned with this, with you and Rav Cook. Rav Cook says exactly the same thing. He says, we learned together in Ramalamit's Perish on Orot, that uh, I would pull it up, but I know you have the Sefer in your house that a uh, Rav Malamed writes on his parish on Orot that he says that a, uh, just like every plant and tree has a proper environment where it grows best, peaches grow better in this environment and apples grow better in that environment and watermelons grow better here and bananas there, so too every nation, every people has a land that suits them, which is there able to grow best in. And for the Jewish people, that land is Eretz Yisrael. It's exactly the same thing. He's probably coming off what Rabbi Nachman said, right? That Eretz Yisrael is our natural environment for us to be able to grow and serve God in the way that Hashem is. And this is what it says. Mishadar Eretz Yisrael, right? A person who lives in Eretz Yisrael, it's like they have a God, right? Because Eretz Yisrael is the true environment where a person has a muna where they really, we really, really believe, a person can really, really believe that Hashem is listening to our tefillahs. And when we really believe that Hashem is listening to our tefillahs and Hashem cares about us, that we, me, in 2020, me doing a spite of this, or just talking to Hashem, throwing on my tefillin, or diving at a minion even though I barely had kavana, or that I left early, or not diving at a minion, or skipping words in my tefillah, even though you shouldn't skip words in your tefillah. And you have a million things going on, believing that Hashem listens to every single word that you say, that you are valuable in the eyes of God, that Hashem cares about you. And to come to that true level of understanding, that true level of consciousness, that happens in Eretz Yisrael. And when a person feels that, so then a person, you don't get so angry if things don't go your way. This Rabbi Nachman says, 
right? You don't get so angry when things don't work because you have erech apayim. You have this long, deep breath of understanding, this long, deep breath of patience, this long, deep understanding that Hashem cares about you and Hashem is guiding you to a better place. A person's able to grow. So Eretz Yisrael is like that topsoil. It's like the miracle grow for my garden, right? That you spray miracle grow. I know Tani over here, you have miracle grow soil. I didn't even know there was such a thing. That his, his plants grew way bigger than my plants because he had this miracle grow soil. I just starting to spray miracle grow on it. And I'm like, why do his plants look like they're on steroids? It's because the whole soil was miracle grow, right? And that's Eretz Yisrael. The whole soil, the whole air, the Aviva, the Eretz Yisrael's Machim, the whole air of Eretz Yisrael is miracle grow, right? That's what he says. Eretz Yisrael is synonymous with miracles, right? As Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson Zion, uh, in Lesson 7 in the first Chelek, right? And he says in other places too, as he says here, that it has to do with miracles, right? Because when you believe that Hashem is listening to your tefillahs, now you're able to poel miracles, Right? You think Hashem could change the world for you. There's a koach ha That's an unbelievable thing. Right? So a person is really able to, to a, uh, the Jewish nation is really able to redevelop and come back. You know, this is what, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud a little bit. This is what uh, Yechezkel Hanavi said in his, famous, in his famous prophecy of the dry bones. Yechezkel, I think it's Lamed Zion. In Ezekiel 37, right? Ezekiel 37 talks about the, the prophecy of the dry bones that uh, he was in a uh, the Valley of Duma, I think it was called, a Valley of Dura or Duma. And he winded up seeing all these bones coming back to life. And first they were just dry bones. And then they, then they came together and then they had sinews and there was just muscles and then it was flesh. And then they actually became alive people. And that's the Koach HaGodel, the ability to rejuvenate, the ability to sprout that's in Eretz Yisrael. That, that Eretz Yisrael is where the nation of the entire Jewish people are able to come together and regrow and rejuvenate themselves in the proper way. Because only in Eretz Yisrael, a person can have that long-term vision of patience, that long-term amuna, and really, really start believing, start believing in their, a, uh, their in themselves and in their tefillahs. And uh, I'm going to make one pitch over here. I'm going to make one pitch over here. Something interesting I listened to this past week that was going around. Uh, maybe I'll post it in the description link for people that maybe want to hear it on the YouTube. They could click in the link below. Uh, there is an audio of a barrel wine going around. And it's very casual audio. It's, it's 25 minutes long. And his old students are, and he's a historian, his old students are asking him about uh Eretz Yisrael and the events that are taking place nowadays and he kind of says not not going into the whole thing but he says like a person should be thinking about like creating a plan for themselves that our skills are tra- whatever your skill is you bring something to the table and it's transferable and he was saying a story about a congregant individual who wanted to invest in property either in Eretz Yisrael or in Florida this was many years ago and he said his con- he told his congregant uh, invest in Eretz Yisrael you know and they, uh, and he said, meanwhile, the guy went in Florida. I think, I don't want to misquote him, but I think the property and real estate in Florida went down and everything in Eretz Yisrael went up. It has this Koach HaGodel, right? That real estate in Eretz Yisrael is very valuable. It's growing and growing. It's becoming more expensive. You know, but a person could at least think and try to envision 
or as Rabbi Nachman says, to try to long to be there. That all the tzaddikim, the gra, want to travel there. Rabbi Nachman, the Baal Shem Tov, right? Rabbi Nassim, and all the tzaddikim throughout all the generations very, very much wanted, uh, wanted to be in Eretz Yisrael. So at least to be makasha ourselves to tzaddikim, that we shouldn't feel depressed, that we shouldn't feel, we shouldn't feel down. Uh, additionally, one last point on this, that I think in this past month, well, now it's July 2nd today, in June, I saw that uh, Nefesh Benefesh for Aliyah had uh, 11, close to 1,100 applications in the month of June in 2020, this past month. Uh, in 2019, the past year, they had around 400. So they went in one year, in the month of June, uh, they had close to 1,100. And again, last year, that 400 means everyone's longing to go, to have this, to, to, to have this koha hagodel, to this, this long-term vision, this long-term patience that a person become their truer selves uh, in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, and this is what, this is what Rui Nachman says in the end, that we say, we want Hashem to bring us kumumutli artsenu, that when you have amuna, so amuna is synonymous with Eretz Yisrael. That's why before we engage in the ultimate yichud Hashem of Shema Yisrael, since amuna and Eretz Yisrael together, we ask Hashem to lichenu kumumutli artsenu. How appropriate are these words where you ask Hashem to bring us with dignity to Eretz Yisrael, to bring us not running away and fleeing from difficult times as we did over the generations and throughout history. But we ask Hashem to bring us like He could nowadays with dignity, with a nice house, with Parnassah, with our possessions, and all the things that we want. And I think really to move on now to wind down with the Parsha, with the Parsha connection, uh, I think it's Parsha's Chukas this week. Uh, and par- Parsha's Chukas talks about the para aduma. And the reason why it's chukas, it's because the para aduma is a chok. The para aduma is a chok. And it's something that we don't understand, right? So again, that we have, we have this, uh, you know, amuna, amuna begins where truth ends. You know, if we really understood something, and as we grow in our perceptions and our understanding of life, the things that we didn't understand that were amuna to us now become MS, right? And those things that are beyond us now become amuna, right? And the, the, the ultimate chok, the ultimate thing in amuna is the para adum. It's something that we don't understand. And the truth is, is that in Eretz Yisrael, it's hard to understand. Like it's a land like any other land right? What, what's the big deal? It's a land, right? You go to any land, you know, uh, there's so many nice places in the world that you could live, you know, and, but yet we have a deep-seated amuna. Again, there's the planting term of deep-seated amuna, deep-rooted amuna, that there's something special about Eretz Yisrael, that the shrin is more concentrated or whatever that qualitative difference is. It's, it, it's not a measurable thing, but it's, it's a Muna thing. It's a feeling. It's a certain sense. It's a certain longing. It's a certain chuka desire that a person has. And that comes from the Choka Paraduma, that a person, they're able to keep mitzvahs and things that even if it's not so logical, doesn't make sense. How could the Paraduma, the person who sprinkles it now becomes Tameh and the person gets Tahor and is Matar, the Tameh and Tameh and the Tahar, right? It doesn't make any sense. But yet, uh, the Jewish people were a nation that we defied logic and were able to grab the, the uh, craftsmen of our ancestors 
which is Amuna and Tefillah and Eretz Yisrael. And we're able to say, okay, there are things in life we don't understand, but we believe it to be true, right? We don't really understand how Eretz is okay. It has historical significance, but that it's really spiritually, it's different. There's more Hashem in Eretz Yisrael, right? Kamisha Darba, Eretz Yisrael, right? Person who lives in Israel, it's like they have a God. If you're out of Israel, you don't have a God. Like, what do you, like, how can you quantify that? The answer is you can't really. <laughs> you can't. But we have Amuna. We have the Amuna of the Paraduma. We have the Amuna of Eretz Yisrael. We have the Amuna that Hashem listens to our tefillahs. And that gives us strength to per- persevere throughout, throughout all our happenings. Okay, everyone. I wish everyone has a good Shabbos. And uh, again, we should be zochet to long to be in Eretz Yisrael, to create a vision of ourselves, to connect to Tzadikim, and to have true Amuna and tefillah. Shabbos, everyone. Shabbos.